The monkey already wrote Hamlet, or at least a great ape did. And long before any of these apes thought of writing Hamlet or Harlequins or Harry Potter stories, they thronged around hearthfires trading wild lies about brave tricksters and young lovers, selfless heroes and shrewd hunters, sad chiefs and wise crones, the origin of the sun and the stars, the nature of gods and spirits, and all the rest of it. Now, tens of thousands of years later, most of us still hew strongly to myths about the origins of things, and we still thrill to an astonishing multitude of fictions on pages, on stages, and on screens. You're big on story, but not big on plot. And I'd like mm. you to just talk about the difference between story and plot, if you would. I just found that over the years, I was more drawn to um, the films that I, that I constantly revisited or, or saw repeatedly uh, held up longer for me over the years, um, not because of plot, but because of character and um, a very different approach to story. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Crucial Talks podcast. I'm your host, Mike Sedam, and what you just heard were a couple of clips about storytelling. We heard through those clips that storytelling lets us dive into a new world. Storytelling is how we human beings separate ourselves from all the other social creatures on our planet. We fabricate these pictures in our minds that can create feelings, and those feelings, because they can spur emotion, can spur actions can help us make decisions. So today, what we're talking about is the power of storytelling and how storytelling is a set of blueprints on how we build our worlds, how we view our worlds, and how we use identity to make decisions in the worlds that we create around us. Storytelling is so popular because it's how we have gotten business done as human beings. Our ancestors did not need to face a saber-toothed tiger to know they were dangerous. Their fellow tribe members who accidentally stumbled across one or those who were stalked by one did a fine job explaining the situation without the need for an actual face-to-face -face meeting. Consider how people engage with a story. Consider how you engage with a story. Especially during this time of holidays where we're seeing family members and friends and getting together, stories can be told during dinner. They can be told around a campfire, through a book, in a movie, or by the words and notes of a song. Within these stories, social identity is embedded. And social identity is the way that we can understand how human beings make decisions. Social identity is that process where we categorize ourselves into different roles that we play. And it's also how we join in as groups. And how those in-group expected behaviors spur the emotions within us that let us know what we're doing in that situation is the right thing to do. The roles of different characters, the emotions evoked from the stories we tell, and the psychological, biological, and physiological reactions that accompany those stories affect people. They affect us as human beings. Think of some of your own experiences with storytelling. For example, it is Sunday, and tonight The Walking Dead is on. If you're like me, there is not one single part of you that actually believes a zombie apocalypse is possible. But you still love to watch shows like The Walking Dead. And you may not believe that there existed a galaxy far, far away, but you may enjoy Star Wars. Why is that? Why do we enjoy these things we know can't be real? It's because stories entertain us. Because they create feelings. They energize our minds and let us go to another place. The stories we use to create the reality around us, the world we work in the world we have relationships in, 
the world in which we exist, they're made up of these stories that educate us. And I don't mean just storytelling in the classroom to learn a concept. I mean these stories educate us on how we're supposed to behave. They create the emotions behind the feelings that what we're doing is the right thing. The stories we tell each other fabricate reality in our minds. They construct, they socially construct reality around us. They give us the ability to learn what behaviors are or are not acceptable to a particular role we are supposed to play. For example, I remember when I first reported to a military academy. Those first few weeks at the academy were horrible. I was homesick. I had no idea what I was supposed to be doing, where I was supposed to be going, or what I was supposed to be saying. And it sucked. It sucked because I was still stuck in that role of being from a small town. I had just graduated high school a few weeks earlier. So I went from being a big fish in a small pond to being a small fish in a pond I had no idea about. Didn't know what it was made of. Didn't know how to interact with other fish in that pond. But while I was there, I started experiencing. By watching my classmates. By sharing experiences with them. By seeing how some of the best upper class cadets acted and reacted in certain situations. I began to tell myself a new story. My new stories had me as a character. The character that I created for myself was a new role. It was a role I had never played. A role I constructed from what I was learning from people around me and through the context of the situations I was placed in. That role changed my entire outlook. I was able to quit looking back at my old life and began looking ahead into my new one. The more I tried to reach the prototype of that identity I was building, the better I did. Stories I heard of past academy graduates that had done amazing things solidified the identity I was building in my mind. At the same time, I was creating an identity that I might strive for later in life. So not only did I realize I had a new role to play, I realized that that role could lead to other roles, better roles, identities that would drive how I'd behave the rest of my life. And throughout my life, this technique of creating a new identity and striving to reach that identity has helped me reach new heights. And I never realized I was doing it. Not until I actually learned about the social identity approach, about how that affects us as human beings, about how as social creatures we seek social belonging and esteem. I was never able to put words to what I was actually doing in my life to get to new stages in life. The ability to manage my world through those identities became valuable and I began to understand them. And I began to see it in other people and how other people do it. When I'm at work, I'm a commander. I'm a teammate. I'm a follower. Sometimes I'm a media relations specialist. Sometimes I'm a technical writer. But what's important is that those roles, because I've built them up in my own mind, because I know the behaviors that go along with those roles, because I've been able to learn from people. I've been able to read about what people are supposed to do. I've been able to experience things in those different roles, what happens is when I'm put into a situation, the context of that situation drives what role I'm supposed to play. And then outside of my full-time career, I fulfill roles of an author, a speaker, or a podcaster, and every experience I have fulfilling these roles gives me a chance to get closer to the prototypical identity I've created for each role. For instance, if you've listened to any other podcasts, hopefully you've seen them get a little better and a little better. Because I've only been a, quote, podcaster 
for about two months. And I'm learning something new every time I do it. But I'm building up that identity, those roles, that behavior that goes along with those roles in order to be better at what I do. And as a writer, I may never reach the New York Times bestsellers list. I may only reach a few thousand podcast downloads. I may only be able to speak to uh, a few organizations a year. But at the same time, I'm still striving for that prototype that helps me do what I need to do to fulfill those roles. And to me, it's okay if I don't speak to a crowd of 3,000 people every month. It's okay that I speak to a crowd of 50 people every six months because I'm building the experiences to know how to fulfill that role. And sometime in the future, those roles I play may expand into something bigger. But that is how we as human beings can use identity to drive our behavior and an understanding of how that works in other people helps us to help other people, helps us to include other people, helps us to realize that diversity and inclusion is a great thing for our families and our companies and our society. The more I think about all these roles we fulfill as people and the roles that as people we want to fulfill in the future, the more I can see how we're able to construct our own realities and create future realities. Because we know that people do create these realities and identities in order to deal with the world around them, we also can realize that stories need to be more than just words we use to convey meanings. Stories need to be created to impact feelings. How many times have you heard that, hey, it's not the data that's important. It's not the data people are going to remember. It's how you made them feel. That's the source of the power of the story. Decision-making is emotional. So impacting feelings is how we can change behavior. This is why movies and music are so powerful and can impact how we behave and how we feel and can even impact how we think of ourselves and some of the goals and visions we have for our own lives in the future. There is an inseparable connection between identity, stories, and actions that people are able to use to succeed. So in this episode, I really have two main takeaways for you. First, is how we can use stories to craft identities in order to change our own behavior or the behavior of others. This happens in three steps. First, we define a category and put ourselves or others into that category. Second, we figure out what behaviors are required of that category or identity. And third, those behaviors that go along with those roles, go along with those identities, they become normal. They become how that that identity is supposed to act in our own mind. Then they're honed as we seek to meet the ideal example of that category. Think about it this way. Think about the identity that's adopted as a sword. You've built it. It's ready to cut. And it's able to cut. And it's strong. However, as we move forward, as those behaviors become normalized, just like the shape of the sword it becomes normal and we recognize what it's supposed to do, then we can start honing it. We can make it sharper as we go forward until we can get closer and closer to the ideal example of that identity, of that category that we've put ourselves into or that we have put somebody else into. And the second takeaway is that stories give meaning to our world. Another way to say this is that we all inhabit worlds that are real to us. How we see the world and interact with it is part of this construction and therefore part of how we all make decisions. Identity and social construction are sense-making tools for human beings. 
it gives us a lens to view the world that we're in. It gives us a lens to look through in order to understand a situation, understand things that are happening in that moment. It's how we view what's going on around us and how we decide what we're supposed to do in that moment that those things are happening. So think about how the world around you has been created, your world, at work, at home, when out in public, and think about how that might differ from someone standing right next to you. You could be standing right next to me, and what we're seeing, what we're viewing, how we're interacting with that situation can be completely different. And it's different because of the different roles that you and I would play standing next to each other. Think about that when you're in, the next time you're in a situation and want to put yourself into somebody else's shoes. This will give you even more insight into the role of social construction and social identity in our behavior and in our interactions with our environment. And understanding that helps us. It helps us understand why and how we feel things such as happiness, sadness, fear, anxiety in particular situations. And the more we become cognizant of the social impacts to our daily lives, I think we can start having a greater positive impact on ourselves and others. You know, recently I've been looking into the news a lot, right? There's a lot of things being talked about with tax reform and health care and things like that. And it seems to be very polarized. And I had a conversation with a colleague the other day that we're talking about the need for a bigger identity, a national identity, something that that will supersede some of these these separations that we have now. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about these identities and the roles they play in our lives and how if we can make those important, we can make some positive changes in our in our society, in our country, in our families, in our workplaces. And that is why storytelling is so important. Because we have to affect the emotional part of people. That's how people feel like they're making the right decision. We have to find a way to use those stories, not to just pass on what we personally think or the, some data that's out there about tax reform or health care. We need to impact feelings of people. And the more we polarize each other, the more we use the stories we tell on one side or another to create an in-group and an out-group, the farther apart we're going to get. And to bring people closer together, we can use storytelling. And we can use storytelling in order to create that broader identity that multiple groups can get behind to work to solve problems, to work toward a more inclusive society. That's the power of storytelling. If you have a chance, could you please rate the podcast with five stars and share it with anyone you think might enjoy it or benefit from it? Again, I'm trying to build this community of practitioners that are interested in understanding human behavior from this identity standpoint and what drives people. The more we can share it, the more I can grow the community, and I really appreciate that. And the side note, I also figured out how to record interviews. So I will be reaching out, hopefully finding some of you to talk to, have an interview with. Again, I'm going to try to keep it to 20 minutes or less, so it won't take up much of your time. But there are a lot of fascinating people out there I've connected with. And I would love to start talking to more people that are interested in this or have examples of what we're been, we are talking about, whether it's in leadership, safety, or communication. So please reach out to me. And if you know of anybody else that you think you would like to hear on the, on the podcast or that you know would love to be uh, interviewed, that would be wonderful. Thank you again. 
please visit the Crucial Talks website at www.crucialtalks.com and connect with me. Have a great week. Remember, if we want to understand behavior, we need to understand what drives people. Thank you.